May only your word be spoken, O Lord. May only your word be heard. Amen. Please be seated. Becca Stevens is an Episcopal priest as well as the founder and president of Thistle Farms, which is an organization which helps to heal women who have been victims of trafficking and abuse and prostitution. She started with 20 years ago with five women in a house called Magdalene. And there these five women found the healing power of love as they lived together. They cared for each other and they loved their way back to wholeness. After a few years of this, Becca and some of the other women in Magdalene House realized that for full healing and wholeness, the women also needed to become economically independent to fully get their lives back. And so they started making candles and oils and other healing products and Thistle Farms began. And the women who were survivors of the worst that humanity has to offer began operating this business, Thistle Farms, learning about running a business while also being healed, generating revenue so that more women survivors could come and live in one of the houses for two years and be healed as well. In the 20 years that Thistle Farms has been healing women and sustaining itself through these healing products that they, they, they make and sell, Becca Stevens has found that love is the most powerful force for change in the world. Which is probably why Jesus taught that the most important two commandments are love God and love people. That is the only religion that Jesus is really all that interested in us having. When Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God and the close second is to love people. He was talking to the uber religious Pharisees, kind of like the extreme high church people of our day. If there was a law, a rule, a rubric, anything about their religious practice, then they followed it absolutely to the T. There was nothing particularly wrong about that, nor is there now, except that what was wrong was in the hearts of the Pharisees and the reasons why they were following the religious law absolutely to the T. They were following all of their religious rules because they thought doing so made them righteous in God's eyes. They really wanted God to be pleased with them and they wanted to look good before God and others. So to put that in another way, their extreme religious observance was mostly selfish and done with a misunderstanding of who God is and what God desires for us. So I thought for a modern, timely example, I thought they kind of turned God into Joe Boo. One people, at least one person caught that reference. Awesome. For those of you unfamiliar with Joe Boo, he was this small voodoo idol statue guy who made his cinematic debut in the film Major League. In the movie, it was about the Cleveland Indians who in the film were dead last in Major League Baseball, and they had a rather ragtag group of players, plenty of talent but rather rough around the edges. Pedro Serrano was their heavy hitter, 
and he could hit a home run off of a fastball just about every time. But he couldn't hit a curveball. So he kept this little statue named Joe Boo in his locker and he prayed to Joe Boo to help him hit the curveball. Not only that, he tried to please Joe Boo by bringing him offerings of cigars and rum. And as he told his teammates, it's very bad to drink Joe Boo's rum. It's very bad. Of course, Joe Boo didn't actually help him hit the curveball. And in the end, he just decided he would do it himself. The Pharisees had turned God into Joe Boo. Yea, for us, they thought we're offering to God all of our proverbial cigars and rum. We're following every religious practice, every single one. So God will be pleased with us. They were even instructing others and scaring them into trying to do the same so that God would not be angry with them. It's very bad to drink Jobu's rum, they would say. The Pharisees had forgotten the point of the law. The point of all of their religious practices was not to please God, but rather to help heal their own hearts so that they might better be able to love others. I'll let you in on a secret. God doesn't care about religious practices. As much as the law of Moses said people had to sacrifice animals to atone for their sins, the prophets said over and over again, would you stop with the animal sacrifice stuff? God doesn't want it. God doesn't care. He just wants you to treat each other well and take care of each other and to live lives of love. That's from the new ultra revised standard international version. But that's the basic message. I don't care about this stuff. I don't care about these religious practices. God said, just love one another. Love God and love people. And if at any time obeying one of your religious rules forces you to act in a way that is not loving toward God and people, then break that rule. And if at any time heeding the words of the prophets forces you to act in a way that is not loving towards God or people, then do not heed that word of the prophets. So if God isn't really all that into religion, why on earth do we have religion? Why do we have these rituals and routines and ways of life? Well, again, I'll turn to Becca Stevens from Thistle Farms. The point of the ritual and the religion is to help us to love God and love people. I love this example from the new from the laws of Moses. We actually had to be taught not to trip blind people. There's a there's a law not to put a stumbling block before the blind, which says we actually have to be taught that. That's crazy. But we do. That's the point of our religion is to help us to love God and love people and not to be complete jerks to one another. In Becca's book, Love Heals, she writes about the healing power of ritual. She writes about her morning ritual, which includes prayer 
and lighting a candle and which took years of trying various things out to find out what truly helped her to heal her heart and get her ready for each day. She wrote that keeping this morning ritual got her ready for the day and helped heal her heart so that she could be more loving toward her family and everyone else she saw during the day. She wrote, keeping these rituals might mean dinners are simpler. Clothes don't get folded as often and you miss out on other activities. But for folks like me who can spin out and lose focus, morning rituals are grounding and essential. We need some good old time religious practices, she wrote, to infuse our lives so we can use the most powerful force, love, to heal our communities. Personally, I found her words to be true. I found healing in old time religious practices, particularly in the last month or so, praying morning prayer each morning. Now, for years, like 12 years or more, my practice has been to pray morning prayer every morning. And pre-kids, that worked out really well. I had my cup of coffee. I got to pray morning prayer. My day was started off right. And then we had kids and that just that didn't work anymore. Every time I would try, they'd wake up earlier and earlier and then I'd stop and they would sleep late. And then I'd try again, they'd wake up early. But that was still my practice to pray morning prayer every morning, which I almost never did. And then there was Harvey. And there was praying Compline every night on Facebook Live and sharing that that prayer, those prayers with others. And those prayers and rituals and the community praying together really began to feed me again. And one of our vestry members asked if we could do morning prayer as well. And I thought, you betcha. So the next morning I began to pray morning prayer Monday through Saturday, about 6 a.m. And inviting others to join via Facebook Live. I'm no longer just praying it by myself. And there has been a change in my life with this newly rediscovered ritual. Especially because I get to pray with others. Some who are there on their phones or computers praying with me at the time. And some mornings there is no one there but me, but I. But I know there are other people that are going to be praying later on. So I get to share this prayer in community with other people. And if that particular routine isn't going to work for you, because morning prayer is not going to work for everybody... It's not going to be healing for everyone's heart. Then find another routine. Find some other old time religious practice that does heal your heart. Take time to breathe. Time to center in prayer. Time to walk out on a cool autumn morning and just look up at the sky for a few minutes. Letting all that is pass by and simply be in the moment. Look at the beauty of the earth and the trees and the sky, the beauty of the people around you. Giving thanks and feeling our connectedness, noticing the daily gift of sunrise and sunset. Breathe, be still, light a candle to cast out the darkness. Pray through scripture. And the words of Jesus and join with others in prayer.
Having routine and practices, religious rituals is a wonderful healing way to live, not because God cares one whit if we pray morning prayer. But because these rituals help to heal our hearts. To reconnect us to the source of all that is the source and creator of all that is. And then with our hearts healed, we get to live out that love towards others. See, God cares about our healing and our love for each other quite a lot. And that's why God would be pleased with any religious practice that we would have. That these rituals might heal us so that we might help heal our communities. And if we don't follow any religious practices for our friends who don't follow religious practices, God's not offended. God is not Joe Boo upset that we didn't offer him rum. Rather, God offers to us these practices, these rituals. Because God knows that we will find healing by connecting to him. Because God is love. And love is the most powerful force for healing and change in the world.